Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matisek, Digital Editor for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Have you ever felt stuck in patterns of sin or negativity that prevent you from feeling God's love? Deliverance prayer is a way of trying to break those bonds and draw closer to Christ. Later in the show, we will speak with Neil Lozano, an author and nationally known Catholic speaker. Lozano is the founder of a deliverance prayer ministry known as Unbound. But first, we're joined by Dr. Bob Sawyer and his wife, Julie, archdiocesan liaisons to the Catholic Charismatic Renewal Movement. Approved by the Catholic Church, the Catholic Charismatic Renewal involves millions of people around the world focused on developing a personal relationship with Christ and cultivating gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here to explain what that means are Bob and Julie Sawyer. Bob and Julie, thank you for being here on Catholic Baltimore. Thank you so much for inviting us. Could you tell us a little bit about what the Catholic Charismatic Renewal is, how it got started, and what some of its goals are? It started in 1967 when uh, a group of a couple dozen uh, college students went on retreat, and suddenly the Holy Spirit started appearing in in their lives in a dramatic way, uh, such that uh, the priest who had them on retreat said, oh no, how am I going to explain this to the bishop? Since then, it rapidly spread, spread through the whole church and went international, and basically the it has revolutionized wherever it has touched. There are now over 100 million people who are Catholic Charismatics worldwide. And what is Charismatic Prayer? How would you describe what's involved in Charismatic Prayer? It's hard to define. It's expecting that the Holy Spirit will move in a powerful way. Many of the people have the gift of tongues where they pray in a language that they don't know, but many don't. When people experience a release of the spirit, and, and obviously this is, we are, we are not talking about suddenly receiving something that has never existed before. We're talking about the Holy Spirit moving in their lives in ways that they haven't experienced before. A very notable feature is praise. People learn to praise God, not just for the good things that happen, but just in their, their whole lives. And the thing that so many people say is suddenly scripture comes alive and makes sense. It isn't just words on a page. Mm-hmm. And also coming into appreciation of the sacraments and the Eucharist. Foundationally, I think it starts with being aware of God in a personal way that, that just uh, is is at a new level. So it's not just quiet prayer, it's you just know the love of God for you, and it leads to praise, and it leads to these other things, and it leads to the expectation, he's going to take care of everything. How has this sort of prayer affected your own lives? I like to characterize it sort of like in the Judy Garland movie, where everything was black and white, and it became checked in color. Mm -hmm. Joy, expectation that God really knows what we're about, that he does answer prayer, realistically, not always the way we had hoped, but he's 
His manifest presence has become part of our life, revolutionized our family in many ways. And it's affected my medical practice. I, I find myself being surprised at what happens in many patient-doctor uh, interchanges. It, it affects all of life. It, it can't be just put into a little box. It, it just, uh, it, the Holy Spirit is beyond anything that we, we know what to expect or, or control. I know when many people hear the word charismatic, they automatically think Protestant or something along those lines, but this really is a Catholic movement and it goes all the way back to the founding of the church. Could you talk about the Catholicity of the charismatic movement? At the day of Pentecost, things started happening and the Holy Spirit manifest in power. Paul was talking about power undergirding everything he said. So he would preach, but he would expect that the Holy Spirit would uh, would reinforce his words with manifestations of God's power behind that. So miracles happened, uh, healings happened, various things that made it very ir- irrefutable that God has just underlined this and said, yes, listen to this. And recent popes have really endorsed this strongly, especially Pope Francis. Is that right? That's correct. What are some of the ways that the, the popes have supported the movement? John Paul II met with charismatics numerous times and many times asked them to pray over him one on one. So it was very awkward to have somebody who's, who's leading the Catholic charismatic renewal uh, worldwide being asked by the Pope to lay hands on him and several times a year bless him. Uh, that's a that's a high level of trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These things have, have gone on sort of behind the scenes and also in open forums. But probably the most interesting thing recently is that Pope Francis has decided that he has seen such changes in South America from the charismatic renewal in his country and neighboring countries that he says this is a current of grace that needs to be uh, shared with the whole church. He has decided that he's going to move it into a dicastery, so Cardinal Farrell is now going to be the, the person who's shepherding the process, but the Pope is going to name... 18 people worldwide to be movers and shakers and organizers for the church to have this become mainstream. What are some of the ways you are active here in the Archdiocese of Baltimore? Do you have prayer groups or healing ministries here in the Archdiocese? For the last three and a half years, uh, we've been conducting healing services uh, with the Archbishop's approval and endorsement. We've actually traveled not only in the Archdiocese, but also as far away as India. Mm. Um, so we've had he- healing services where, so far, I can count seven people who are blind who see. Legs grow. People who are in wheelchairs get out of wheelchairs. Not, not but, all of but them. Not everybody. But many of them. Yeah. Many, many people aren't healed, but it just breaks our heart. <laughs> but often we hear later that something happened that was... Deep. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as prayer groups are concerned, in the early days of the renewal back in the early 70s, there were many large charismatic prayer groups in the archdiocese. And some of those have continued 
some have fallen off, but there are some new ones that are coming up. And I'd say especially among the, the ethnic groups, the, the uh, immigrants from Nigeria and from Cameroon and other places. But um, one of the things that we do as liaison to, for the renewal to the Archbishop is if a prayer group wants to have a Life in the Spirit seminar, they also often ask us to be speakers or to help them find speakers. And the Life in the Spirit seminar has been something that has just enabled many people to move into just knowing how much God loves them, how much they can be filled so that they can become the Catholic Christians they really want to be and be effective. Do you find that people who are active in this movement become more active in their parish as well? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, just looking at Dramatically so. Mm-hmm. And what we have seen is that many people who have traditionally been in the charismatic renewal as their foundational thing that they do are doing other things. For instance, the Catholic Men's Fellowship, many of the people who were in on the very beginning of that had their roots in the charismatic renewal. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, they don't advertise it, but we know the people. We have about a minute left. Could you tell us how people could learn more about the movement? Actually, our website is archball.org slash charismatic. We have lists of prayer groups. We have our contact information. We get a lot of calls, people looking for a prayer group, and we try to help them with that. Well, Bob and Julie, thank you so much for being here on Catholic Baltimore. Our pleasure. When we come back after this break, our conversation will continue with Neil Lozano, founder of the Unbound Deliverance Prayer Ministry. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matisek. We'll be back in a moment. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. In a stadium of Catholic families from around the world, Pope Francis told the lay people they are the vast majority of church members and that without them, the church would be cold, a collection of statues. God wants every family to be a beacon of joy of his love to our world, the Pope said August 25th celebrating the Festival of Families in Dublin's Croke Park Stadium. The Irish dance troupe Riverdance thrilled the crowd and brought a big smile to Pope Francis's face. The priests, a classical Irish trio of priests, performed, as did Nathan Carter, an Irish country singer, and tenor Andrea Bocelli. Families from around the world stood near Pope Francis while pre-recorded video versions of their testimonies played. To read more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Seven people crammed into a first-floor dormitory in Notre Dame of Maryland University's Militia Hall, August 23rd. Leslie Hernandez, a nursing major, traveled from Silver Spring with her parents, Teresa and Jose, and her older sister, Kimberly. Jaya Green, accompanied by her parents, Lynn and Jay, moved in as a sophomore transfer. Hernandez is among the approximately 220 freshmen enrolled at NDMU, the largest incoming class to enter the university in its 124-year history. Hernandez, like more than half her class, is a first-generation college student. It's exciting, said Hernandez, whose parents are immigrants from El Salvador. It's setting the bar for many generations to come in my family. Entering Maryland's only all-female college is empowering, she said, but not what initially led her to the university. I wasn't looking for that, she said, adding that she was initially drawn to Notre Dame after learning of nursing students' post-graduation success. I was looking for the best program for me and my future. To read about more freshmen at Notre Dame, visit catholicreview.org. 
Brian Cunningham is a proven recruiter of soccer talent and has sent several of his former college players to the professional ranks, among the reasons he was hired to resurrect the men's program at Mount St. Mary's University in Emmitsburg. For the first time since 2012, the Mountaineers took the field in an NCAA game August 24th when they played host to Bucknell at Waldron Family Stadium and lost 2 to nothing. The Mount played at in-state Catholic rival Loyola University, Maryland, August 27th at 7 p.m. and fully intend to compete for a title in the Northeast Conference, where a preseason poll had them eighth among nine teams. To read more about the Mount soccer team and many more stories, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Emily Rosenthal. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matisek. Neil Lozano is a well-known Catholic speaker and author and the founder of the Unbound Deliverance Prayer Ministry. He joins us via phone to discuss the goals of deliverance prayer and an upcoming Unbound conference set for September 14th and 15th in Linthicum. Neil Lozano, welcome to Catholic Baltimore. Well, thank you for having me. To get started, could you tell us a little bit about what deliverance prayer is? I know a lot of Catholics might not be too familiar with the concept of deliverance prayer. What, what is meant by deliverance prayer? Well, first of all, I'd, I'd like to say that uh, baptism is a sacrament of deliverance. In First Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it speaks about how we have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of, or transferred into the kingdom of the beloved Son. And so deliverance prayer is really helping someone take hold of what the Lord has given them. Uh, many times people, uh, Catholic believers, have find themselves stuck in patterns of sin or they feel stuck in patterns of negative thinking about themselves or about life and and they or they might feel like they've they just constantly focus on their limitations, their failures, and they're not able to see that God has an amazing plan for their life or or even even just embracing the love of God. They you know, so many of us feel like we are are driven to to earn our acceptance with God, be good enough to be accepted and loved. And really, we have been given the love, and we have been given the acceptance in Jesus Christ. So Deliverance Prayer is helping people to uh, break out of these things, to embrace the truth of the gospel, and to be transferred or delivered from these uh, these areas of darkness or areas of oppression or just lies that we have believed about ourselves or others or about God. 
and uh, set free uh, to see things in the way that uh, lines up with the revelation that we have been given in Jesus Christ. Is it connected to the sacrament of reconciliation in any way? It is in a sense. Uh, it's not in the sense of absolution. Uh, you know, we we go to the sacrament and we receive absolution in the sacrament. We hear the, the, the words of the church spoken by the priest and we know that we're forgiven of our sins. Uh, the way it connects is that uh, so many times the sins that we are committing are based in in lies that we have been believed, deceptions like right from the very beginning, uh, Adam and Eve, their sin was was uh, born out of a deception about a lie, lie about the goodness of God, and Jesus even on the cross you know confirmed this when he said, Father, forgive them, they. They don't know what they're doing. There's always an element of uh, deception involved with sin. Now, in the sacrament, with the priest's guidance and leading, those lies are exposed, and we're often set free of those at the same time. Or in the process of repentance leading up to the sacrament, uh, we're set free. But unbound ministry is specifically it takes on those things to help a person see the lies, see the darkness, see some of the foundations for this repetitive sin. And uh, and, and for many people, it prepares them for a, a really a really good confession. But I also want to say that many priests uh, are using the uh, principles of unbound in part or even in whole in the sacrament of, of reconciliation. And uh, they're experiencing... Uh, you know, one priest called me up after being trained, and he said, "There's miracles happening in my parish." And so I, so I actually emailed me, and so I called him right back. I said, "What? Tell me about these miracles." And he said, "He said I can't because they're all happening in confession." So there is a deep connection, but but there's a there's also a big distinction between uh, unbound ministry and or deliverance prayer and um, and the sacrament of reconciliation. And you are the founder of Unbound Ministry. How did it all get started, and, and what is the mission of Unbound Ministry? Well, it really started over a, a long period of time. Uh, you know, in 1970, I had an, my conversion experience, encountered the Lord Jesus, and and uh, after that, I just wanted to, to share it. So I was involved in evangelization for many years, and... Uh, uh, well, actually, since the beginning, and still am, and uh, and so I wanted to help people to have a personal encounter with Jesus and and start uh, growing in their Christian life. And then I found out as they grew, they ran into obstacles. Some of the obstacles I mentioned in the beginning about just being stuck or just having after six months of, of feeling real close to the Lord, all of a sudden they're they're far away and. And so how do we help people through these times and how do we help people see what the Lord is trying to do in their heart? Um, how do we help them to cooperate with the Holy Spirit? Over time, I ran into situations where people were, were having difficulty and uh, we prayed for healing and we prayed for deliverance. But we were, for the longest time, we weren't real comfortable with the teachings on deliverance, at least the way we understood them. And it wasn't until almost 20 years ago that we began to put together some pieces that, that made 
deliverance ministry just just be uh, something that's, that's, that should be a normal part of church life. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be something foreign or put put in a closet someplace. It's just it's just something that is is just part of our inheritance as as Catholic believers. I wrote my book on Bound in 2003, and that's where uh, where it really took off. Um, so we're selling more copies of Unbound today than we did in 2003, and now it's in 14 different languages, and we have three more being worked on right now. Are you finding people returning to the church who have been away for a while? Yes, yes. Uh, in the majority, what we find is people that are nominal Sunday Catholics getting free and become one one pastor put it this way uh that uh, that people are, are are practicing believers in my my parish but when they get on down then I've got volunteers and I've got people that want to serve and want to give away it's really at a stage where uh we want the people that have experienced on down to start reaching out to their neighbors that are falling away or maybe have never had uh, a relationship with the Lord, don't really know what the Christian message is. We have a lot of a uh, lot of people, I know numbers of really committed, actually holy men and women have come to our conferences and said there was a peace missing or, or that they were that they, these, they would say the teaching is the same that they've They've always learned it's nothing new, but it's just presented differently in a way that impacted their life and and helped them to make a response to the Lord. And and really, that's what Unbound Ministry is all about. It's it's the proclamation of the good news and helping people to make a response to the Lord and receive the freedom that they already have received uh, through faith and baptism. And you have an Unbound Conference coming to Baltimore. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yes. Uh, well, the Unbound Conference is uh, is something that my wife and I have been doing for many, many years. And we have a great team in Baltimore that's been uh, praying uh, and uh, using the tools that we we gave them a number of years ago, and and they just do a fantastic job. And the conference is open to anyone? Yes, the conference is open to anyone, and... Uh, and we would love to see uh, your listeners bring people that are on the outsides of the church or maybe uh, not practicing anymore. And uh, and many of those people are just hungry, uh, looking for truth, and uh, ready to come back. So so have your listeners and <laughs> invite them. Uh, we would love to uh, love to help them along the way. And how can people find more information about the conference? Well, you can find out about it at um, unboundmaryland.com okay. or our, our our website is heartofthefather.com. Well, Neil Lozano, founder of Unbound Ministries, thank you so much for being here on Catholic Baltimore. Well, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to being in Baltimore. The Unbound Conference will be held September 14th and 15th at St. Philip Neri in Linthicum. Again, that's September 14th and 15th at St. Philip Neri in Linthicum. For more information, visit unboundmaryland.com. Once again, that's unboundmaryland.com. For Catholic Baltimore, I'm George Matisek. We'll see you again next week.
For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks, and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.